Mark 1, verse 9 to 15, and verses 21 to 35. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptised him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart, and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for forty days. He was out among the wild animals, and angels took care of him. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee, where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her and she prepared a meal for them. That evening, after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Good morning. Welcome from my home to wherever you are. My name is Vince and it's good to be able to share with you what I hope will be an encouragement now and also on, de on, on demand. We are continuing our series recalibrate where God invites you and I to make small adjustments in our lives in order that we might know more of the life that Jesus has for us. A life that Jesus describes in John 10.10 as a rich and satisfying life. That sounds good to me, doesn't it to you? Anyway, I digressed. We are continuing our series, as I say, Recalibrate. We have looked in recent weeks at abiding, at slowing, and last week at simplicity. Today, I would like us to look at silence and solitude. And I want to look at it in three ways. I want to firstly define what silence and solitude is, then silence and solitude in the life of Jesus, and thirdly, silence and solitude in practice. Look at some practical ways that we can approach silence and solitude. So let's begin. Silence and solitude defined. Richard Foster, the writer of Celebration of, Di of Discipline, says this about silence and solitude. Without silence, there is no solitude. Though silence sometimes involves the absence of speech, it always involves the act of listening. Simply to refrain from talking without a heart of listening to God is not silence. He then goes on to talk about solitude. Solitude is not loneliness. 
Loneliness is inner emptiness. Solitude is inner fulfillment. And of course, fulfillment comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to illustrate this. And the way I want to do that is to share a statement with you. A statement that many of you will connect with. And there will be some that are still on a journey, a journey of faith, a journey of embracing the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ, his life, death and resurrection came about for the whole world to come into relationship with him, Father, Son and Spirit. But in this moment, the statement I want to share is, the Lord is with you. How does that make you feel? What are the thoughts as you hear that statement, the Lord is with you? Maybe you want to share some of how you're feeling on the chat or down on paper if you're listening on demand. Knowing that the Lord is with us and positioning ourselves to cherish that is what silence and solitude is all about. John Mark Comer describes silence and solitude as intentional time in the quiet to be alone with ourselves and God. About 16 months ago, I underwent an operation to remove a cancerous tumour off my spine. Prior to the operation, I had to lie as still as possible on my back. I thought this would be a moment for me to listen to some podcasts and music. So I managed to get my phone out of my pocket and in that moment dropped it and it broke. As frustrating as that was, and you can imagine I was, I was gutted, but in that moment it was as though God said to me, I want you to listen. And as I did, I began a journey of learning about silence and solitude. As I listened to God, he spoke to me and reminded me of parts of the Bible, like Psalm 23, that begins, the Lord is my shepherd. He pointed me to John 17, where Jesus prays. And then into Hebrews 11, 12 and 13. And throughout that season, I found great comfort from those parts of the Bible. So I'm not here today saying that I've got everything sorted as far as silence and solitude is concerned. Far from that. What I can tell you is that I am thankful for her, a Heavenly Father who is, how shall I put it? A Heavenly Father that is understanding, let's put it that way, because I'm a slow learner and I am a work in progress. So let's look at silence and solitude in the life of Jesus. One of the things that stand out in the life of Jesus is that he had a regular rhythm of silence and solitude. 
In Luke 5, 16, it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And in context, for Jesus, that would have meant a desert or a wilderness, a mountainside, a hillside. It definitely wasn't Birmingham. Whereas, I guess, Licky Hills would, would qualify, wouldn't it? But Jesus would often, that was his rhythm, often find solitary places in which to be alone with God. Jesus was intentional about finding solitary places so, so that he could move away from the crowd, allowing him time to pause, to reflect, to ponder, to consider his emotions, to sit in silence, to talk to his father and listen for his response. Let's go to Mark 1 then. In Mark 1.35 it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place. In the New Living Translation it says isolated place. He went to a solitary place where he prayed. I want to take us back to the context of verse 9, which is covered by much of the other Gospels. And we see there that Jesus is baptised and there's that great moment of Father, Son and Spirit. The Spirit presenting himself as a dove and the Father saying that you, to Jesus, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then the Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness and it is there that he's tempted by the devil. He's there for 40 days and 40 nights. And what I notice about that moment of silence and solitude is that as the tempter comes, as it says in, in one of the Gospels, as the tempter comes after the 40 days, Jesus had enough strength not to be tempted by hunger and bread, but to respond and say to the tempter, the devil, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Strengthened by silence and solitude. Come with me now down to verse 21, because there we get a glimpse of a day in the life of Jesus. Get into the moment, get into the scene. It's the Sabbath. Jesus is there teaching in the synagogue. There is one who is demonized and causing something of a commotion. Jesus heals him. After synagogue, he has Sabbath lunch with Simon and Andrew. He goes to their house. Whilst he's there, he finds out that Simon's mother-in-law is unwell. She has a fever. Jesus heals her. And then we see that in the evening, the whole town came out. And what is it that we read in verse 34? It says this, Jesus healed many who had various diseases. I don't know about you, but that sounds to me like a full day. No surprise then 
that the next morning he found a solitary place for a moment of silence and solitude. He was then able to embrace the silence, to reflect on the previous day, to talk to his father and to hear what he had to say. You see, when the disciples came, they wanted him to go back to the house. But no, his father had shown him that he needed to go on to the villages. And that's exactly what he did. What might this scenario look like for us today? Church online from 10.15 to 11.30, followed by Sunday catch-up. Then we'd have Sunday lunch, socially distanced, following the rule of six, out maybe in the park or on the hillsides, as I say, said earlier, the Licky Hills. And then maybe in the evening, we would have a gathering, perhaps like we're having this morning, where there are a number of us. And we're on Zoom, going into different breakout rooms, time and time again, a full day. And so we find our solitary place tomorrow morning for silence, for reflection, for talking and listening to our Heavenly Father. On another occasion, we read that Jesus hears the news that John the Baptist, his relative, was dead. This is what we read in Matthew 14, 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. In that moment, I wonder, did he just sit in silence? There's no mention of him praying here. I want to suggest that this was a moment that Jesus was processing his emotions having heard that his relative, John the Baptist, had been executed. Sometimes silence is enough because the Lord is with us. It seems to me that the solitary place was in a boat in that moment because after he landed, the crowds met him. Let's just think about this. Jesus is dealing with grief, yet silence and solitude has enabled him to be strengthened, to have composure, to have compassion for others. In another gospel account, in, in the other gospel accounts, we, we read that Jesus hears the news of John the Baptist's death. Just at the same time that disciples are coming back, and sharing with Jesus the things that they'd done, that they'd been sharing the good news, that they'd been healing the sick. And Jesus encourages them into a boat in order that they might rest. He invites them into silence and solitude. He arrives at the other side of the lake, possibly the Sea of Galilee, and there the crowds are, 5,000 people or more. And Jesus has compassion on them. 
So we see in those accounts that Jesus invites his disciples to silence and solitude. He cares for their well-being and he has compassion for 5,000 or more people. And yet he himself, I would suggest, was in shock and grief. I also want us to note that after feeding the 5,000, he sends his disciples off whilst he dismissed the crowd and went off to a hillside for more silence and solitude by himself. So there it is. Jesus' rhythm of silence and solitude in his life. Jesus invites you and I to live with the same rhythm, a way of living that he knows will do us good. Our days are full, but Jesus invites us to make time to get away to a place for silence and solitude. So what might that look like in our lives? Silence and solitude in practice. The truth is, we all need to work at this if we are to accept the invitation that we have before us this morning. I said earlier that I am a work in progress. I can celebrate having an early morning rhythm of silence and solitude. But that didn't happen overnight. And I'm not settling for that. Because I would like to have moments of silence and solitude at different points in the day. So if we are to accept the invitation to recalibrate, what might be the first thing that I would say? It would be this. Start where we are. And consider three things. Decide when. Decide where. And set some goals. Decide when. When is the best time in the day for you to have some silence and solitude? It might be before you get out of bed. It might be that you have others in the house and so before they get up. How about when you have a cup of tea or just before breakfast? How about sitting in traffic? Switch the radio off and have a moment then. Keeping your eye on the traffic, of course. What about before a meal? Just don't let it go, get cold, that's what I'd say. Or when we are walking, cycling or running, Or what about before bed? Having decided the when, let's decide where. If you like to be out in nature, then be out in nature. Or sitting on a park bench. Or maybe in the garden, if you have one. It might even be a room or a chair in your home or in the car. What about goals then? 
having decided the when and the where, let's set some goals. Firstly, I'd initially suggest between two and five minutes of silence. And after, and after that, just see how, how, how time goes. Here's a tip for you. This is how I started. I started by using the stopwatch on my phone and I just set it going. I, I turned the phone over so that I couldn't see it and I just sat in the silence and saw how long I could be in silence. And I was really surprised. Have a go. So set yourself an initial time. The second goal I would I'd suggest is that you actually plan a start date. Put something in your calendar or in your diary. And from that date on, enjoy the journey of silence and solitude. As you get started, there are two further things I would mention. Settle the noises and listen to God. What do I mean? As you settle into enjoying silence and solitude, you may have external and internal noises to contend with. External noises like traffic, internal noises like, th like thoughts that are going around in your mind and that are seeking your attention. Whatever those noises are, what I find helpful is to breathe in and to breathe out slowly, saying the name of Jesus. Jesus. And as you quietly say the name of Jesus, what I've found is that those noises settle down. Then, in the solitude and silence, spend the next few moments listening. Listening to what is going on in the deepest places within our being. Listening to what God wants to say. So my encouragement today is to go for it and to see what a difference it makes in your life to have silence and solitude. If you'd like to let me know how you're getting on in say a week's time or two weeks time or maybe even a month, I'd love to hear from you. I can be reached on, my email address is vince at theoasischurch.com. Remember, as I said earlier, I am a work in progress. And so to hear whether it's going well or it's a challenge, I would welcome it because we can partner together in this. So there we are. God's invitation to recalibrate, to make small adjustments to our lives in order that we might live in the good of the life that Jesus has for us. A rich and satisfying life as we enjoy silence and solitude.